Hey everybody, this is Soul here. You can also call me Solaris. I return for another episode in the Moon Medicine Force. For this episode, I decided to cover an honorary episode about my cat Elsa and what she meant to me and what she taught me. Now, many people have animals as pets, as companions, as best friends. And I recently lost my best friend this year in 2020. Now, she was only five years old. And I did not realize how sick she was because this was something later determined that she was born with. But I want to go back to beginning about Elsa. It was five years ago. It was also the same year that I broke up with an ex of four years who I was living with for three and a half years. Now, I was very much in love at this time with this one ex and and slowly it had diminished over a period of, I would say, three years. And one day I decided whether he liked it or not, I wanted to get a cat. I just felt at the time it was important that I got a cat. And I love cats. And I adore cats. And so one day at my work, this lady goes, you know, I'm having some kittens. Would you like one? And at first I was like, mm, I'll think about it. I'm, I've been thinking about getting a cat. And then I believe it was like later on in the day or later on the week, I told her, you know, I'll, I'll take one kitten. Been wanting to get a cat, so I might as well get a kitten. And it was really odd because there's an aspect to life where some people will say sometimes before they have their babies and that they go, well, I dreamt that I had a baby or I dreamt that I saw this animal come into my life. And being a psychic sensitive, I figured out a long time down, (laughs) long time ago, that the animals that come into your life and the beings that come into your life, before they're even born, they introduce themselves to you in your dreams. This is how they tell you in their own way that they've chosen you as to be part of their lives when they are in their earthly bodies. And so I believe it was actually 
that same week I'm trying to remember right now so if I said before I'm, I'm contradicting myself but I believe it was that same week when I agreed that I would take one kitten and only one I dreamt of a small gray kitten and finding it in some kind of back roads or woods out by my house. And it was a little small gray kitten. Very small. I initially in the dream recognized it as a little girl. Little little female kitten. But I picked it up and cradled it in my in the palm of my hand. So if I pause a lot, it might be because it's a little a little tough for me to still talk about Elsa, but I want to do this episode for everybody. It's important to me. So it was a little while later that I got a text from the lady can't remember I think it was like a month or two probably like a month and so she shot me a text saying the kittens are here and look at them and she sent me a picture of the kittens that were born there was a total of seven there was Two gray ones, one brown tabby one, and the rest were tortoiseshell colored, the dark tortoiseshells. The cats were it has were they're black with uh, parts of orange and white on them. Total of seven kittens, which is a lot for a cat. I believe they can have up to eight kittens. So she was really pushing it. And so, as far as I know, Elsa was the second born, because they were able to recognize each kitten for the, for the order that they came out when they got a little bit bigger and was developing more markings and everything. It was around like five weeks after they were born that I went over, checked them out. Now, I'll be honest, um, I used to be friends with this lady, but when it came to the cats and everything, there was something, I don't know, I just felt like I had to take one kitten, even if it was just one. And so, I remember sitting down in the room where they were held and one of the gray kittens walked up to me and I believe I placed her in my lap and originally we didn't we thought Elsa was a boy <laughs> and so, like, we kind of bonded, like, the moment she saw me. 
and so it got to the point I believe like a little bit after that the lady was saying well they're getting sick and everything and um I just don't know what to do and she didn't want to take them all to the vet probably because she couldn't afford to take them all to the vet now when I went over there I went you know what I'll take the one kitten I'm gonna take to the vet and if it's too sick to keep I'll bring it back and if I can take care of it and stuff I will keep it this is around five and a half weeks and so I took Elsa her original name was Odin because <laughs> we thought she was a boy and so we took her, well, I took her, <laughs> I took her to the vet the day I picked her up. It was really stressful for her. She was only five and a half weeks old. When I took her into the vet, they looked at me and went, this looks like a four week old kitten. I'm like, no, I assure you, it's five and a half weeks. They're like, are you sure? Yeah, the ears are very droopy and everything. I'm like, yes, it's a five and a half week old kitten. So they look at her. And honestly, her mother was, I believe, only a year old when she had her kittens. So she was small and her kittens were petite small. And they looked her over at the vet. And they bring her back to me and I let her just, you know, huddle under my chin and everything. She was very scared and shivering and everything. It was very traumatic for her. So I made sure that she felt comfortable and safe wherever she wanted to be. And that was under my chin. She was very tiny, only like about the size of my hands. And they told me, well, your Odin is an Odette. <laughs> And she has a severe case of ear mites and an upper respiratory infection. And I go, well, can we treat her for the ear mites? They're like, well, we think she's barely heavy enough for the treatment for the ear mites, but we'll go ahead and do it. So I agree to that and took her home with me and nursed her back to health from upper respiratory infection. In my experience with cats, if Elsa had it, all of the cats in the household had ear mites, fleas, and upper respiratory infection. Because we found out later when I brought her home she had one flea on her. And thankfully that's all there was because we found it and killed it. And she was just old enough where she was starting to get weaned off of milk. And I did buy a bottle feeder and everything just in case. But she refused. She just wanted to drink the milk out of the bowl. And she was able to eat some wet food and everything. And so I watched this little cat that I took care of intensely I believe it was for a few weeks almost a month 
and I even took off from work for the worst of it and they all knew I was taking off for a cat and I'm like I don't care <laughs> I worked at the worst job at the time the worst job ever uh, it was mentally taxing uh, the work place I worked at was mentally abusive in my opinion it was a very very terrible place to work and so I took care of Elsa at first I tried other names like Odette she didn't respond to that I tried Disney names like Anna and she didn't respond to that but for some reason she responded to Elsa so she even watched Frozen one time she wasn't really a TV watcher unless it was nature shows like ocean nature shows which makes me think maybe she was an oceanic animal at one point in her previous lives but yeah I believe it was yeah it was still in her first year that I eventually found out that my boyfriend at the time was cheating on me and I didn't realize how bad it was until around July of that year I realized how bad it was he was cheating on me for two and a half years with a married woman it was terrible it was probably I don't want to say probably actually it was definitely the most worst relationship of my entire life to date um, the worst relationship situation I was ever in so my parents eventually told me you need to move and come back in with us move into the house back with us because you aren't able to be on your own and so it was very hard for me to leave especially when I knew at the time Elsa had adopted uh, my boyfriend at the time his cat she adopted his cat as like her surrogate mother and his cat adopted her as like her surrogate kitten so they were bonded and I felt really bad but I concluded also that he wouldn't properly take care of the cats because every weekend he wouldn't be home and wouldn't be around to feed them and they actually went through food in one day and would not get fed a whole another day so I wasn't gonna leave Elsa behind and I remember it was that day that I moved out with her that I looked at her and I said I'm sorry but we have to go we can't stay here and I promise you I will never leave you behind anywhere I promise you I will always be in your life and I will take care of you so uh, yeah that was the promise I made to her for 
five years, faithfully for five years, right up to the end. And it was very hard for us that first year. Because when I moved back in with my parents, she was depressed right there with me. Because she too lost someone really close to her. She lost her cat family first because someone couldn't or wouldn't properly take care of her. And she lost her second cat family all because of stupid, selfish human reasons. And she was always the type of cat that looked at other animals and went, you're my friend. She would befriend other animals, especially female animals. So when I moved back, the my parents had a black cat named Blackie. Not the original name. Like, an original name, but um, that was his name. And he was around... Fourteen, fifteen years old, I believe, at the time. And he didn't like Elsa being there, but he got used to her. She ignored him at first because she knew he was just a grumpy old man. And my parents and I had rescued him as a kitten alongside his brother. His brother's name was Jake. Blackie was a black cat. Jake was a medium, long-haired tiger tabby. And he was my closest cat when we rescued them. And about nine years, he was an indoor-outdoor cat, so I learned my lesson of not having my cats outside ever. So he only lived about nine years, eight, nine years before he just never came back home and I know for a fact a coyote got him and that was my lesson that was my bad should not have cats outside because it's not just predators out there but people and vehicles and their lives are too short outside well, when you have them inside they can live to be 16 or 30 years old so um that's why I strictly had Elsa as an indoor kitty. And I thought about, you know, putting a harness on her and leash. She didn't really take to it. She was okay with the harness being on, but was like, eh, why? So I didn't really force her to do anything she didn't want to do. I let her be herself and we played a lot together. I would play with her as if she was another cat, as if I was another cat, <laughs> and she would run up to me, tap my ankle, run away, come back, tap my ankle. She would even leap on my butt, you know, like how a lion uh, leaps onto a wildebeest. That, that was several times in her lifetime. I would say like two or three times <laughs> that happened to me. All I had to do was bend over and grab something out of a basket or something for laundry if I had some laundry to do. 
and she would leap onto me. And I did play with her with, uh, her favorite was the cat wand toy with the, um, it had a wire on it and I could attach like little attachments like bugs and feathers. Feathers was messy, so I, I did little, uh, little bug things that I could attach there and she loved the sound. She lived for that. And to think that when I got her, when she was only a size of my hand, um, not even actually smaller, a little bit smaller than my hand, that's how big she was at five and a half weeks old. She was really tiny. Um, they let me take with her her favorite toy from the house that I got her from. It was a small little plush dog toy, a little pink bee. She was as big as that little pink bee. It was a small little plush toy. And... I also had gotten her one of those Kong Kickeroo toys that cats get. They're little, like, stuffed, almost like little uh, catnip sticks, but not catnip, it's just stuffed, and there was a little tail attached to the crinkly material in it, so she liked to chase the tail, but I gave her the Kong toy, and it was bigger than her, and she grew into it. <laughs> like I'm like, well, she'll grow into it. She did, but she did, she never had like a favorite toy for long. She always like like choosing the next favorite toy. But I do remember, you know, the first year was pretty bad for us. We were trying to find her place again because I was very depressed. I I think it took me two and a half years to get over what happened to me and for her it took her about the rest of her first year to kind of bounce back I would say like six months maybe and during that time though when I moved back I couldn't sleep right. I had night terrors. That's how bad this breakup was for me and stressful. I actually got night terrors where I barely got enough sleep at night. I barely slept. I probably slept on average two to five hours of sleep at best. And thank goodness I talk to a counselor whether I'm doing really good for a year or not because you never know like the little stressful things in life everyday things can pile up and build up against you so I initially started seeing her because of the one job and I actually quit that job and got a different one but still I was in and out of jobs at the time Mind you, this was all back in 2015, and uh, that first year that I moved back with my parents, with the night terrors and everything, 
they were so bad that I would wake up covered in sweat, panting as if, like, my heart was about to literally burst out of my chest like Alien from the movie Aliens. And I would be sobbing. And Elsa would be there on my bed with me. And a lot of the times for my night terrors, she would actually wake me up by licking my face. And once she knew I was awake, she would either just let me do what I had to do to kind of just try to calm down by myself or she would still be there on the bed with me. She would let me just kind of cuddle up to her a bit for comfort. actually still miss that because I still suffer from night terrors every now and then. But she got me through the worst of it. For sure. And I believe I had those night terrors for about a year and a half, two years straight. And then it started to die off when I, uh, I started taking CBD gummies with melatonin in them to help me sleep at night. And I'll be honest, that is probably a really good thing to have when you can't sleep at night and don't want to take sleeping pills and drugs to make you be tired and go to sleep and be groggy in the morning and hungover feeling because I tried regular melatonin and didn't work. Um, also, I would get really, really bad anxiety right before bed. I actually still get that nowadays. And with Elsa gone, it's come back. And I think it has everything to do with the fact that it's it's just the anxiety I've had a couple or a few night terrors without her. So I'm used to having my companion, my best friend, waking me up at night. And she got so good to the point where she actually would wake me up as they were starting before they got really bad and I remember there'd be times where even though it wasn't bad for me I still woke up and cuddled with her a bit or said hi to her and gave her kisses and my thing our thing with her was and when I mean our, I mean just Elsa and me. Our thing was, whenever I would get home from work, I would pick her up after chasing her upstairs into my room because she literally led me up into my room. <laughs> I would pick her up 
and she would start purring a bit. And if she wasn't, she would start purring after I started giving her kisses behind the ear. And I would just hold her, you know, like a baby. Like you have your hand on the side of her face or just holding her curled up on my chest. And I would say, I love you. She would start purring. And the more I said, I love you, she would purr louder. And then I would say, I missed you. What did you do today? What did you do today, my little chickadee? And eventually she'd want to go back down, but she always stayed for those kisses and the I love yous. And I believe it was eventually only a couple, yeah, a couple years ago that I started to realize more and more that every time I expressed genuine, unconditional love towards her, which I always did, but I didn't realize until about a couple of years ago that I felt like I was feeling something from her, more like a projected force towards me. And this is on the psychic side of things. This is what I call the love pulse. This is it kind of the way I can describe it is is if you've ever seen Harry Potter with the Patronus charm how it radiates from the source and pulsates pulsates out in waves. Picture that coming from Elsa purring and expressing love towards me and the waves or pulses are coming towards me and hitting my body. And Apparently, the way cats emit it is that way. People emit it sometimes that way, but sometimes it just seeps out. Like, I would say like a melting sphere almost, expanding outwards, is what it feels like to me. And it's really weird because when I describe it that way, it's something that I see but don't see but feel. So I see it in my mind, basically. Sounds a little crazy to describe, but that's the best way I can describe it. And that was one of many things that I learned from her, quite honestly. And so I started researching a little bit more about psychic abilities and I honestly at the time at this time I was like oh psychic stuff that's cool I do tarot cards you know I use my intuition and stuff and I can understand the emotions of animals that that was just about it (laughs) that was pretty much it and I was fine with that and I was the kind of person where I didn't fully embrace my gifts And I think it was because 
not only was I a little afraid of my own gifts, but more so that everyone else told me, oh, that's not real, that's ridiculous, or they laugh at you, not take you seriously at all, so it wasn't even worth pursuing because everyone else thought it was ridiculous or stupid. And let me tell you this, when anybody tells you that something's stupid, pause and think, do you think it's stupid? And if you don't, then you don't need to listen to them. But if you doubt yourself for a second, wonder why you're doubting it in the first place and if it's from a legitimate source of you actually feeling that this isn't right for you then you don't need to pursue it. But if you don't feel that, then screw what everybody else thinks and says. That, that's coming from a place of self-love. That was another thing I learned about Elsa. Um, she, the other thing I learned was that when I saw her interact with other animals, for some reason that sat with me as that's how I have to treat everybody else in my life because life is too short to hate or in my case mistrust everybody and anybody so she also through watching her grow she also taught me how to just trust in everybody else again. But also at the same time, she showed me how to take care of everyone else around you. Because eventually Blackie passed away. He was 16 at the time. And it was a little while after that that we took in a stray cat from my grandparents' house. She was a stray for three years. Her name's Barbie. Her face literally looks like an orc. She has one tooth jutting out, and I believe uh, from my psychic ability to read animals and communicate with them. I'll get to that in a second. Um, I think someone hit her in the face or kicked her. And that's why her jaw is the way it is. It just, it, it healed okay. And she was missing some of her lip. But she's also a, what they call a tagged cat, which means she was part of a feral colony or taken into the vet office or shelter vet office. And they snipped the tip of the ear to signify that they've been fixed. Or neutered so when we took in Barbie literally my nickname for her is orc cat but she is a very cute cat she she has some kind of dwarfism in her so she's got this long body uh, thick medium long tail slightly squished up face and not very long but not very short legs and she's got the stocky appearance 
So I believe in every bit of me that she's got some dwarfism in her. And when my mom first brought her home, my mom put her in our basement. And Barbie was very stressed out. My mom had taken her to the vet. And she did not do well in the carrier on the ride. And when they took her out at the vet's office, they said, she's literally climbing the walls. Do we have your permission to sedate her so we can examine her? My mom's like, yes. (laughs) So they had to do that to her. And they went, well, like... In Elsa's situation, my mom and my grandma thought Barbie was a Barney. Thought that she was a he. So they're like, well, Barney is more of a Barbie. (laughs) And she's been spayed. She's pretty healthy. And just keep her, you know, separated from your other animals for a little bit, let her acclimate, and yada yada yada. So, my mom brought her home. I, all the time, when I'm talking to Elsa, I always talk to Elsa like she was a person. Because, in my opinion, animals are beings, and you should talk to them anyways, because even though they can't express to you directly, verbally, and human, uh, what they think, say, or feel, they still understand the emotion behind your words. And they do understand your words to a certain degree. I remember grabbing some of Elsa's treats, little uh, fish fillets, and I looked at her and went, we're going to share this with Barbie because she needs it. And I guarantee you, Elsa gave me this curious look like, what do you mean? (laughs) And I would go down in the basement. Elsa would be at the stairs, at the top of the stairs, kind of just creeping down the steps, seeing what's going on. She was a little creeper, like, what's going on? I go downstairs, you know, Barbie had situationed herself under a pallet and was not coming out and I put a couple pieces of the fish fillet there and spread it around a bit for her to kind of just have and because she was outdoors for three years she's like holy shit this food's good and my ritual every so often was go to Tim Hortons and share mac and cheese with Elsa Elsa's favorite thing in the whole wide world was Arby's cheese. Basically because when I got her spayed, I was trying to get her pain medicine into her right away. And I couldn't get it into her right away because she didn't want to... I had to open up a pill that had powder substance for the pain meds. And she tasted that and was like, ugh, no. And I tried sprinkling it in her food I tried mushing it on sliced cheese, like those square pieces of cheese that you could buy from the store. 
she wanted none of it. And I was kind of panicking a bit at the time because I'm like, she's in pain and I can't get her medicine into her. So I'm like, I need some kind of miracle idea. I called up the vet. They're like, use caro syrup, but a specific one. Not one with the vegetable. Not, not with the certain oil in it. I think it was the vegetable oil one, maybe? No, I think it was just plain. With no vegetable oil. Try and remember. <laughs> um, and mix it with, with something. Like, we, we recommend liquid cheese. I'm like, okay, I will get Arby's cheese. Because she likes Arby's cheese. Kirby's cheese. She had loved it before, so I took her favorite little treat, mixed it in, and she took her pain meds and it worked. And so I always shared some of my food with her. I never shared anything that was bad for cats. I made sure I did that. And so basically what I did one day was I went to Tim Hortons, got me some mac and cheese to share with Elsa, and I went, you know what? Barbie's been coming up the stairs lately. Let's let's see if we can share some with Barbie too, because she's never gotten spoiled before. So I remember telling Elsa, you know, we you know, Barbie doesn't know what it's like to be spoiled like you do, so we're gonna share some mac and cheese together, all three of us. I remember sitting down at the basement doorway and I put down some mac and cheese for Barbie on like a cardboard top and Barbie would be right at the stairs and she was really skittish. She would come up to you but she wouldn't get too close to you. so. I gave Elsa a piece of mac and cheese first, and she downs it, down food like no tomorrow. So I gave her a piece of mac and cheese, Barbie watched, and then I gave Barbie a piece. And she kind of looked at it and went, you know what, that smells really good, I'm going to have it. And she probably my knowledge, probably never even had mac and cheese in her life until that point. And I would give Elsa a piece. Then I would eat some of my own mac and cheese. So I kind of, I, I had us all take turns. And then I would lay another piece down after Barbie ate hers. Sometimes I would have to skip her because she didn't touch her mac and cheese. She wanted to watch Elsa eat the mac and cheese. And Elsa never hissed at her, never uh, looked at her in a negative way. And she just... Barbie would just watch Elsa eat mac and cheese. And also, in front of Barbie, I would pet Elsa and have her look at, you know, I'm a good human. <laughs> kind of thing and eventually it was right around after that that Barbie started you know wanting us to pet her she didn't want to be picked up she freaks out when you pick her up I think she was dropped or something at some point 
you can't even have your hand on her butt. She freaks out. So I think I think she was either dropped or abused before she went on the streets because my parents and my grandparents concluded that she was dumped off on my grandparents' place because my grandparents have a, a barn. So Barbie was just dumped off by people who don't care, who aren't real humans. Real humans are kind, compassionate, and show love towards everybody and anybody, including animals, and would never abandon someone. Basically, when you abandon an animal, you're essentially abandoning a little being, a child, in my opinion. So, it's not too far-fetched that these same people would probably abandon their own children for some stupid lack of love. That's just my opinion. But... You know, I'm sure there's other people that would dispute, you know, why they have valid reasons why they um, would drop off their cat or dog or exotic pet somewhere. But the truth of the matter is, if you don't have the ability to care for another life, then you don't have the ability to care for any life. And you shouldn't have kids, and you shouldn't have pets. That's just my opinion. So, Elsa and I actually helped Barbie come out of her shell. Mostly Elsa. Because Elsa wanted someone to play with. And Barbie was already quite friendly like she was, so... They got along. They didn't really bond, but they got along. Now, over the course of the five years I had Elsa, I believe the two and a half years where I was recovering from my breakup of everything, I was mentally in not a good place. So often I would spend the weekends away and uh, not be home sometimes, and Elsa was pretty lonely when I wasn't home. She always wanted me to be home with her. and. I thought it was just because she was very attached to me, but now that I look back at it, I think it was because she knew something was off about her body, and that that day and every day she had to spend it with me, it was important to her. And it was important to me too, but I didn't realize how important. <clears throat> had to clear my throat. <laughs> So, last year, I'm just gonna fast forward, I'm gonna say, you know, during those five years, we had amazing times. I would share my food with her, sometimes she would steal it, not gonna lie, and most of her vet visits were pretty good. Her first year, she actually was constipated. I had to take her to the vet, so I had to make sure that early on that she got extra water in her food. And she would use the litter box a hell of a lot. And then last year, 
in 2019, she started coming down with some kind of stinky breath. And the vet told me, well, she doesn't really have tartar buildup on her teeth. She's actually fine. There's a little tartar buildup. She eats a lot of wet food, right? I'm like, yeah. So my vet goes, I'll prescribe you some prescription tartar control food. Give it to her as treats. Well, Elsa eventually liked to have it as breakfast. But I wouldn't give her no more than like five treats. Five nuggets of them because they were pretty big. They actually... The size of the nuggets forced the cats to actually chew on it rather than swallow because I started off trying to give her like uh, teeth cleaning treats and she would just swallow them. She wouldn't she wouldn't chew them. I'm like, okay. And she was very spoiled. I spoiled the crap out of her. Like I said, every day I came home, picked her up gave her kisses, told her I missed her all day, and what did she do all day? Well, what she did all day was wait for me to come home. She would sleep a lot of the day, or go downstairs, terrorize the animals, and I would say more to, like, play with them. And then, during the warmer months, when the hummingbirds came around, and my mom had the hummingbird feeder out, she would watch the hummingbirds, and there was actually one specific hummingbird that would hover in front of her, in front of the window for a while, and I believe it would be like four or five minutes it would hover there for and just look at her, and I swear they were friends. <laughs> this male ruby-throated hummingbird. And she loved watching the birds and everything, and I, now that I look back on it, over the course of the past couple of years, she just started not really being as active. Um, she was still playful, energetic, cheery, but not as much she used to be. Like, she didn't want to play a whole bunch. I honestly felt tired all the time and wasn't at the best of health either. Because last year in 2019, I woke up and half of my face was numb. It didn't feel right. And it, the numb area got bigger and bigger on my face. So by like day two, I decided I had to go to the hospital from work. And I went to an emergency clinic first and they said we don't have the ability to use the proper equipment, check you out, you need to go to the hospital. So I went to a hospital and they had to transfer me to a more specialized hospital for neurology because they thought I had a stroke. Turns out I actually had an MS flare and the way the lesion was located and appeared on the MRIs, it looked like a stroke, like I had a blood clot in my brainstem, but it was actually just a lesion in my brainstem that had formed and started affecting my face. And I remember to this day that while this was happening and going on, Elsa was very close to me and very nagging to me and 
whenever I would not feel good emotionally, I suffered from a lot of depression, anxiety. So, whenever I wasn't feeling emotionally well or sick, she would actually be with me in bed or wherever I was and sit on top of me. And if anybody came near the stairs to come upstairs, she would leap off of me, race to the top of the stairs in a crouch as if she was going to leap on them and look down the stairs. So she was like very protective of me. She wasn't an evil cat or anything like that. She was protective and just wanted to make sure that whoever was coming up the stairs was someone she knew. (laughs) And she was very good at knowing, you know, oh, that's you. And so like right before this incident, she was kind of all over me. And I spent five days in the hospital recovering. They took like, I remember the number, about 17 vials of blood and three spinal tap fluids worth of vials. And I had about four MRIs and about three, I think they're called CT scans, maybe not. Um, it was another different kind of scan. And I had some kind of tracheal examination too. So I had to swallow some kind of flubber, <laughs> numbing flubber substance to numb my throat. They had to check my arteries. They scanned my body for blood clots and stuff and they never found any blood clots and it was really weird because those the doctors that tried to tell me I had a stroke to this day have not found a blood clot so that's why I trust the MS doctors tell me it was a lesion in my brainstem and I even have the scans myself and I even got a third opinion from a neurologist and they're like well that is a lesion but it's not a blood clot you're right (laughs) so I spent five days in the hospital and those five days Elsa was increasingly not eating and not using her litter boxes in my room so my mom moved the litter boxes down in the basement and Elsa was kind of using them but she wasn't really eating and so we knew that because when I would spend a little too much time away um Elsa wouldn't eat now I'm getting a heads up on my timer so I'm going to stop it and do another segment <laughs>